This is Jason Cast. This is Scott Nearman. We are MP Local, where we want you to know that you are not alone. I tell you what, Scott, this business is not easy. It has its own unique challenges. This is not about bottom line only. This is not about profit only. We're about mission and changing communities in the nonprofit world. And that is why we started this podcast called NP Local. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to MP Local Podcast, where we are here for you. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. And you are not alone while we are on the microphone. I'm telling you, I'm just going to have to make that the new intro, except you know how it is, Scott. I'll forget it by the next time we record. Hey, all (laughs) you local listeners, thank you very much for taking 20 minutes out of your day and listening to us while we try to improve you. But we want you to know that he's in the nonprofit business. I insure nonprofit clients, and we kind of know the nonprofit a little bit, and we thought we would create this podcast to have a conversation with you so that you can get better. Now, this is a continuation kind of, right? It's not a part two. It's just if you listen to the other one, and we don't even know what the name of that is because we're recording it right after – it has to do with burnout, okay? It's got to do with burnout and the nonprofit level. This is something that's affecting the world, affecting all business levels, but because this is MP Local Podcast, we want to talk about you. So, so Todd, ta- what is wrong with me? Um, Scott, if you- Too much would, coffee. I guess so. And actually, I don't have any in front of me, but I did drink some about six this morning. So, so Scott, take it away, buddy, and what we're talking about, the burnout, but we're kind of moving it uh, into a different angle. Take it away. Yeah, we talked a lot last episode about the managerial tasks and perspectives that can shift and the things that we can do to help employees, help retain our employees. Um, This is true in the business sector, and we've talked about how the nonprofit sector is is different. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the quotes uh, from our Give Butter blog that that I like so much is, it's toward the end of the article, it says, for decades, the nonprofit industry has been held to unrealistic expectations and outdated metrics that keep organizations from growing. The most insidious is that nonprofits should be able to do more on less. Not only are nonprofits supposed to change the world or solve a huge crisis, they're expected to do it on shoestring budgets. And I would add shoestring staffing. And so, you know, so I wanted to shift from how do we address that problem on a managerial level you know, you can't control the external factors going on in the world that are that are driving so many aspects of people's mindset. Mm-hmm. But how does the individual, whether they're an employee or a leader in that nonprofit or even a business, how can they cope with, with work-related stress? I mean, it's really probably some basic things that our listeners have heard before, but I think the reminder is good for all of us. You know, I've been doing this 20 years and I'm I, I have to remind myself, I have to realize when I'm getting to the point of burnout and a take a day off or two or four and, you know, reconnect with family and friends and, you know, how do you recognize it and then how do you address it? And it's going to be slightly different for everybody, but I think there's some, some things overarching that we could talk about that would be good practices and good reminders. And and, and as he says, this local listeners really open up your mind for a minute. Like really just really listen and say, yeah, that seems obvious, but okay. So a lot of the things he may say, but here's what's 
here's what you're not missing that is very, very obvious is that we know that you're waking up at one, two, and three in the morning and you can't go back to sleep. We know that you got that little chest pain because it's like, wow, just thinking for a minute, how am I going to maybe cover payroll next next week, right? Man, I do know that she's going on uh, maternity leave and she's a big deal to our agency. Man, I know we lost our grant writer and we need to find another one. How are we going to be able to pay the bills without that income, those incoming grants and funds? Those are the things that keep you up at one and two in the morning. And if it happens every once in a while, that's just because you're excited. That's just because that's the way life is. But I ask you to take a second and Scott talks about this because we know that it's just not every once in a while for you. Okay. Well, And I'll just expand on that. Give you just a little example from my experience is recently in our office, we've had a, a longtime accountant retiring. Oh boy. We've had two staff members in the past year uh, that have had some significant health issues or or planned surgeries. We have had an effort to RFP an accounting firm and a general counsel. And so, and then right now I'm hiring two positions and about to post a third. So all of that has got to be my top priority, but we did launch a capital campaign on Monday. So, right, right. (laughs) you know, yeah, we got to still fundraise too amidst all the administration. You do. But, you know, the things that I look for in myself, again, bringing this to a personal level is when does your body ache and you realize I have not exercised as I should? When do you have those physical symptoms that Jason mentioned? When do you have emotional stresses and and you notice you're snippy with family or even those closest to you? Or you feel that palpitation or anxiety coming on or just general forgetfulness and you know, have you ever had decision fatigue? I mean, some days I feel like I have made big decision after big decision and I'm tired, you know, and, and and something simple, like what would you like to drink for supper? It's like, I don't even care. Just put water, tap water in a glass and let's eat because that I can't too? make another decision. <laughs> uh, and then there's really kind of maybe behavioral things or actions, right? You're more argumentative or you're eating too much or not enough. Mm-hmm. I, I learned during the pandemic, I'm a stress eater, man. Get me some trail mix or some wheat thins of all things. You know, I love those things, but you're, you know, you may also have trouble finishing tasks or prioritizing tasks, right? Sometimes we're good at thinking about what needs to be done as leaders, but if mm-hmm. you struggle with execution, that may be a sign of burnout or early burnout. So there's a lot oh, of, that is a lot of things. And then those start to affect your finances and your health-related decisions and uh, and a number of things, and of course, how you function in the office. So managing this stress is absolutely critical. And so we want to talk about some things on uh, coping with it. Um, And I think that, again, basic though they may be, you know, clarify responsibilities with your supervisor. You know, my staff does this when we have a lot going on. We keep, we always keep a giant marker board right by our little conference table where we have staff meetings. I have forever used the Covey, you know, urgent and important or, you know, not urgent, but important. Mm -hmm. And then other opportunities. I just draw a line. I say, okay, here's other stuff we could do if ever we have time to think about it. And occasionally one or two of those will move up into the not urgent, but important category. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but when you have that many things on every staff member's plate or your own plate, clarify responsibilities and priorities. 
You know, I meet every other week for at least half an hour with each of my team. And we talk about priorities. We talk about goals for the year because that's what I'm going to evaluate them on. We talk about progress toward goals and things like that. And and really, if they want to, you know, what's going on personally that's affecting work or what's going on? How can we help them with an extra day of working at home or getting them out of some meetings or events? You know, what can we take off the list? What do we not need to do that we Mm -hmm. thought three months ago was pretty important? maybe even urgent. And all of a sudden, now we realize we categorize that wrong or something in the environment has changed and we don't even need to do that thing anymore. True. Uh, We have spent the last six months trying to take things off of our fall 22 calendar because it was never possible to do everything we hoped to resurrect post pandemic. And some of those things we will resurrect next year. I'm confident some of those things we will shift to spring or summer and some of them we may never do again. I don't know. And it's the way you just anticipate how you, how you just said that, Scott, there wasn't any love loss. It was, Hey, if it works, it's great. But if not, I'm okay at putting it off to the side, right? That's what a lot of people can't do, which starts to build up on that burnout, right? Because you just feel overwhelmed. And sometimes I love what you said a minute ago too. Something that doesn't get talked about a lot is, is defining, uh, defining their roles and what their jobs and what your expectations of are them, right? Sometimes burnout comes because I've thought Scott was expecting this of me and this of me and this of me. And then sometimes you sit down and, and the person says, here's what actually I'm expecting of you. It's like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Hell, I thought you wanted me to do the coffee and the the accounting and no, 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 no. Gosh, I, this right here. And, and I, I've had conversations recently where I think, um, you know, a team member thought they were just failing and failing. And we talked about what they'd accomplished since the first of the year so or good. since summer. And so it's good. like, no, there's six major things that you've done. And we may have not executed perfectly. It may have not caught on as a as a routine or annual or ongoing significant win, but it's a win because we did it. And we, we, again, we were, we were resurrecting things post pandemic. And because this is a newer staff person, they're going to, they're doing it their way, which is Mm -hmm. great. You know, it's new Mm -hmm. ideas. It's a fresh approach. That's right. The other thing is, you know, communication skills, right? Make, let's be sure that in a stressed or hurried environment or just something where everyone is overloaded, that we're communicating clearly. And, and that one-on-one time as a leader with your team is so important. But then we ask them, we've, we've actually done pretty well for the past couple of years having an agenda in our staff meetings, even though they may be a couple hours long, you know, this is the check-in time when everybody's on a hybrid work schedule. And let's be sure we don't miscommunicate. Let's be sure we listen well. Let's be sure that we bring things to that staff meeting that are of interest to the majority of the group or the entire group so that we together can decide some things. We also have started having some management process meetings, right? So as we think about processes and process changes post-pandemic, um, we wrote down on a, on a flip chart all of the processes in the office that were a major ongoing part of every week. And how are those working now and what policies need to change as a result of two people being in the office instead of four, for example. But I think most important, Jason, you mentioned it last podcast, you're talking about the love languages, you talk about communication with your loved ones and how um, the principles from that book, uh, which is just a classic for for marriage and any relationship. um, How are we translating that to office relationships? And, And so connecting with others, you know, connecting 
I think we have an obligation as leaders to connect on on a personal level. Not that not that anybody has the right or needs to know everything going on in in, in at home, but if there is something significant going on, right? It's the anniversary of a death. It's um, a sick um, spouse or or child. It's uh, a dog about to die. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the case is, it's important to know. I have I have staff that's caring for elderly parents. I have had staff in the past that has recently adopted or fostered, you know, somebody in their 50s or 60s fostering somebody that's a newborn or a, a toddler or a, a elementary school age. You know, those are big things that are certainly their priority over the workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but of course, they need the job and they need to to perform well to keep the job. And so you got to you got to talk through those things. And so connecting, communicating and then. Yeah, go ahead. No, well, the connecting and the communicating is important because this is something that we learned during COVID. Yeah. When people were stuck at home all the time, we realized that to a lot of place people, their safe haven is the job. Yeah. Their safe haven, their stress, the place they're stressed out the least is at work, right? Because yeah. they get away from the fact that they have that uh, that that mother or father that they're having to take care of, or their husband or wife doesn't work, you know, just stuff like that. So still though, now we're putting more pressure upon them. That doesn't mean that we should say, oh, well, we can't watch, we have to watch what we give them and stuff. No, what you're saying is communicate with them about that. Let them know that it's okay, that we know right. that maybe you may have some frustration, whether you want to tell me about it or not, It just to know yeah. that, right? Because once again, that may be the only spot they're getting that. And then it's going to also alleviate some of that burnout when they understand and feel as if you care. Real little side note that goes right to this. When your worker has a work comp claim, the number one most important thing that you can do as an employer is pick up the phone and call them at night, the, the, the night that they got hurt, the next morning, that the morning after they got hurt. Why? Because someone is more less likely to turn in a work comp claim or go get a lawyer and make it worse than it is if you just show you you care. And that goes back to what you're saying there. If you can communicate that to them, that's going to help relieve that burden. Love that. Absolutely. Well, and, and I think when it comes to, you know, so not only these interpersonal kinds of things, but when it comes to leadership and burnout in leadership, I think many times we fail. and, And this is something I'm very passionate about, Jason. I know you are too. We fail to work on our own personal development, mm. our own professional development, our own skill set, because we're so worried about everybody else, sure. or we're all stuck in our head with the decision making. I mentioned decision fatigue and the the many responsibilities. And so there has got to be time carved out in the calendar to work with a mentor, work with somebody who's been there before. Mm. Uh, we've got a great thing here in Knoxville. Uh, the Alliance for Better Nonprofits. And one of the things that they did when I first came to the area was they had an executive director cohort. And it was for somebody that was new to that role, not necessarily new to the sector, but new to the role of executive director. And I tell you, the mentor that I had just for that 10 month period um, was one of the best professional relationships I could have possibly made in the last five years. And this is somebody I can still call on uh, but they, we ended up hiring him as a consultant, and uh, it, it was just a godsend for our organization in some specific ways. But having somebody you can connect with, you know, a lot of what I do in a, in a coaching and consulting practice is if they need a consultant to come in and speak to the board or work with the team, 
to educate and to get everybody on the same page, you may need a third party facilitator. And I have fun with that. Usually you do. But the coaching part of that, the other part of my my side business is uh, the one-on-one, right? You've got a sounding board. You've got a trusted confidential place that you can go. And I I may be located in another state. I may be located across the country from a client, but I'm the safe spot. And we talk about specific personalities in their office, or we talk about Mm -hmm. their problem board member, Mm -hmm. or we talk about maybe some mental blocks that they have they didn't know that Mm -hmm. they had. You got to set aside time for that. We all need that. We all need sounding boards. And let me tell you something, you probably should not make that your spouse. That's generally not something to do because they want to be your spouse, not Mm -hmm. your business coach, Mm -hmm. not your fundraising role model, not your expert consultant or whatever the case may be. They're your spouse and they should always be that first. That is a more privileged place than the mentor position and you need to keep them there. I agree. Everybody needs a coach. And what's amazing is, is the only people that I do not hear say that are unsuccessful people. All successful people will tell you, I need a coach or, Hey, I, I was at a certain level. I was doing really well. Got a coach. Boom. Coach doesn't necessarily mean that it increases. It increases just your business acumen. It can increase. I, I, cause there's actually four of them. I was thinking of this earlier. It's your mm-hmm. physical, your emotional, your spiritual, and there's one more. There's there's four of them. Anyways, those are the important things that that you're working on that you need a coach to help balance some of that stuff out. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I got to tell you, I have never had a coach. It is something that I am looking at trying to do because I, to be honest with you, I don't have a college degree. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying that that has to do with you need a coach or not. It's just, it's come to the point in time where I have businesses and stuff. And I feel as if I've reached my level to where say, where can someone make me better. And I will tell you, reading does that a lot for me. And reading a lot helps me look at my employees and the different ways they're doing. And I need somebody who's uh, a lot higher than me in that. Uh, Wrapping up though, we've got about a minute here, um, Scott, that uh, we have left. Anything last you want to say? I think the last thing that I'll draw your attention to is actually on my website, but um, setting goals, you know, it doesn't matter at what point in the year we're at, but you know, by the time this episode airs, it's probably going to be December. And uh, you may be thinking towards the new year. And I imagine our listeners are going to have some time over the holidays. Mm -hmm. So I want to point out a blog article on just my name, scottnearman.com. Go to the resources tab and then go to the blog tab. Something I wrote in early 21 and a part of my website, I really need to beef up. I've got a lot of content for it. I just don't have it out there yet. But if you scroll down in this article, I'd encourage you to read it. It's about goal setting and resolutions. But there's a link to a shared drive. It's called the Wheel of Life. And the Wheel of Life is kind of those areas you just touched on, Jason. Friends and family, spouse, uh, personal growth, professional or career, financial health, fun and leisure. And, and, And map out, as I say in this blog, where you are in each of those areas of your life and start setting some goals. Because goals are not meant to stress you out and add more to your to-do list. Goals are to help you prioritize and get those big rocks in the jar first. That's you know, take care of the most important things first. And so that's kind of what the article's about. And and that's I'd encourage folks to download that wheel of your life flyer that, that you can download for free. 
That's right, because it's uh, about 2023. Golly, I remember when it was about the 2022, and I talked about how great I was going to kill it, and I was so excited, and now I'm getting ready to get those same feelings <laughs> again. I really am. I'm looking back, and so uh, it was a good year for me so far. I was for my businesses. I think that it probably was for you, and I hope to all you local listeners out there, it was a good year for you. But as he said, it's probably in December, somewhere around there. The most important part is, is that you took your time to listen to us. You know, you may, when we talk about self-help and you may be beating yourself up and saying, you know, I need to do better. I need to do whatever. Keep in mind, you're listening to this podcast. Don't beat yourself up so much. You're trying to get some good information, but the only problem is you're so desperate. You're listening to us. I'm joking. (laughs) I'm joking. No, No, you're making a great decision. And we want you to know that's what we do. That's why we're here for you. I'm Jason Cass. I'm Scott Nearman. And we are MP Local Podcast, and we are here for you. See you later.